Next, ReachMD's special series, Focus on Diabetes. This month, we're taking an in-depth look at diabetes, the disease now affecting nearly 1 in 10 Americans. Tune in all this month for the latest research, treatments, and prevention methods to gain new insights for your practice. Researchers are looking at hundreds of ways to treat and cure type 1 diabetes. Most of the advances so far have come in newly diagnosed children. Is there anything on the horizon to help adults with established type 1 diabetes? You're listening to a special focus on diabetes on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures. Joining us to discuss the regeneration of insulin-producing islets in patients with established type 1 diabetes is Dr. Alexander Fleming, Chairman and Chief Medical Officer of Excellent, a company developing a therapy for reversing established diabetes. Dr. Fleming is a board-certified endocrinologist with medical and research training at Emory, Vanderbilt, and the National Institutes of Health. He served as a supervisory medical officer for 12 years at the FDA and led reviews of the first statin, of metformin, of the first PPAR agonist, and of the use of growth hormone for non-GH deficiency indications. Dr. Fleming, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. It's a real pleasure to be on with you. Your company is focused on bringing a compound to market that will support regeneration of islet cells in patients with established type 1 diabetes. What's the name of the compound, and how long ago was it discovered? The compound has been called NGAP since its discovery. Now, that stands for islet neogenesis-associated peptide, but, of course, NGAP is for short. More recently, we gave it a name that reflects its therapeutic intent, Exulin and that is to end or reduce dependence on injected insulin, which, as you know, Bruce, is one of the most challenging drugs in use today. So take us back through the history of Exelin. How was it discovered and by what researchers? It goes back to the early 90s when Dr. Lawrence Rosenberg, who now is at McGill University, was working in the lab of Dr. Arthur Vinnick, who then was at University of Michigan. And they did the Sentinel work and got help from a number of people along the way. Tell us a little bit about that background history. How did they discover this and what did they see originally that led them to pursue this area? They were actually specifically looking for a hormone that appeared to be present in a number of research models that they were using. And the whole idea was to find a hormone that could be used to actually bring back islets in patients who either had type 1 or type 2 diabetes. So it's been about 20 years since that discovery. What's been the evolution, both in the research that supports the development of this compound and its journey towards commercialization? Well, after about 10 years of laboratory research, a pharmaceutical company took on the task of actually perfecting the formulation and conducting some clinical trials. And this led to a large phase two study that was done in both type one and type two patients and completed in 2003. We then were able to look at those data, my colleagues and I, and when we found that the company had decided that they were not going to develop the product any further, we were very encouraged by the results and felt that we ought to take it on. So what have you done since then? We formed a company that has been putting together the necessary resources to advance the product. And this has resulted in a number of 
important steps that we needed to take. One included improving the formulation of the product because we realized that the injected drug product was not that well tolerated in the phase two studies that were done. So some of our work centered on improving the formulation so that it would be better tolerated. And in other ways, we have supported laboratory research to further understand how the drug works and to understand how to make it work better. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanism of action of this drug. How does it work in the body and how is it delivered to the body? There's a lot of evidence that has been pointing to islets being replenished from a pool of precursor cells under ordinary circumstances. These cells actually reside in the pancreas. They're kind of like stem cells, in effect. They are called on to replenish islet mass as it goes through its normal development process, and eventually islets die, and so they do need to be replaced. Well, NGAP appears to be a naturally occurring hormone that stimulates these progenitor cells to differentiate into islets. Where is this naturally occurring in the body, and what kind of impact does it have in the pancreas? Well, we do know that the hormone is manufactured in the pancreas, and the pancreas is the only tissue within the body where there is specific binding of this hormone, thus suggesting this is where it's not only made, but where it's meant to act. The binding of NGAP leads to a process that ultimately results in fully functioning islet cells that secrete not just insulin, but some of the other important hormones that are secreted within islets. So what's some of the historical work that's been done that suggests that islet cell regeneration might be possible in established type 1 diabetes? Well, observations go back many decades pointing to the ability of pancreatic tissue to regenerate. For example, in autopsies of elderly people who've had type 1 diabetes, there will be areas within the pancreas that actually have some islet tissue that appears to have been generated more recently. And so there appears from this and this kind of experiment and other lines of investigation that the pancreas actually does have this ability to regenerate islets. And islets are like any other tissue in the body, in need of being replenished anyway. So it's a natural process that we don't understand completely as to why people who have lost islets have lost the ability to replenish them. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Focus on Diabetes on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Our guest is Dr. Alexander Fleming, Chairman and Chief Medical Officer of Exulin, a board-certified endocrinologist, and we are discussing a peptide that can be used to regenerate islet cells. So, Dr. Fleming, how would we expect regenerated islet cells to work in type 1 diabetes if the autoimmune damage is still present? Right. Well, that's a very important question, Bruce. As you know, autoimmunity is responsible for type 1 diabetes in the first place, and clearly this continues even after complete insulin dependence occurs. Although, in most patients, the autoimmunity tends to subside to some extent, and it may actually be a fairly indolent process. There's a version of type 1 diabetes that occurs very slowly, typically in adults. We call it latent autoimmune diabetes adults. So many people have relatively low intensity of autoimmune attacks of their islets, 
So there could be a spectrum of response to NGAP and some difference in how patients continue to hold up their insulin secretion that might have resulted from regeneration of islets. But I think it's clear that, and we certainly have taken into account in our clinical development plan, that controlling autoimmunity will be an important means of enhancing the response to NGAP. And so we're actually planning studies where we'll be looking at a combination of NGAP plus a appropriate means of controlling the anti-islet autoimmunity. So let's talk about those clinical trials. Where are the ones right now taking place and how many patients are enrolled? Right now there is a study going on at McGill University in Montreal and at Mayo Clinic where we're actually testing the new formulation to be sure that it is well tolerated. And in fact, that has proved to be the case. So we we're very excited about those results. We're planning to move on to a larger study that would involve probably about 120 to 150 patients where we'll be actually looking at the combination of NGAP and an agent to control the autoimmunity. So the clinical trial right now is just sort of a NGAP safety trial, but the next one will be NGAP plus an autoimmune drug in combination? That's right. How's the drug administered right now, and what's the dosing schedule that you're testing? Right now, we're looking at either giving the drug once a day or three times a day. It does have to be injected. Peptide has a limited half-life in the plasma, and therefore, it may actually perform better when given more frequently. But as time goes on, we hope to find convenient ways of administering the drug, such as through a disposable slap-on patch pump, which would make it not only more convenient, but perhaps even more effective. Where is it injected? Is this a sub-Q or an IM injection? What kind of injection is it? That's right. It is a sub-Q injection. And as I mentioned, we're finding that the current formulation is well tolerated, and we've had patients give it in multiple locations without any problem. And in your safety trial, are you also looking at a little bit of efficacy and seeing if patients need more or less insulin? Yes, indeed. We certainly are monitoring total insulin dose as well as looking at measures of islet function, measuring C-peptide, which is actually the better way of measuring insulin secretion. So we'll have a ability to assess efficacy in this study as well. But the main purpose was to be sure that the drug formulation is well tolerated. So what's the timeline for completion of this current trial, and when would you expect to start the next one? Well, we hope to be finished by the end of this year, and we're going to soon start a small pilot study looking at the combination of NGAP and an immunomodulator. We'll do that just about as we're analyzing the current study, and this will prepare the way for the upcoming larger Phase two study. And this immune modulator, is this a repurposing of a drug that already exists, or are you testing something new? Well, that's exactly right. We're taking a drug that's been around for quite a while for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis, a drug called Kinemet. It happens to be an IL-1 inhibitor. This drug is well-tolerated, has a very good safety profile, and has been used in children over the years. And so we think it's a particularly appropriate immunomodulator to use. So it is off the shelf. We have a lot of knowledge about it. And 
there are a lot of data suggesting that it will be helpful in both type 1 and even in type 2 patients. And when you give NGAP to patients, do you have to give it every day for the rest of their lives, or is there some point at which they'll have built up enough islet cells that they won't need to take this anymore or for an extended period of time? Well, that's what we hope, Bruce, is that there will be a, a limited period of treatment that is all that's necessary, particularly if the immune process is controlled. And that may be readily done, as you know. In fact, you mentioned there have been some strides in developing immunomodulator therapy for people who just have been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And so these therapies are actually designed specifically to control the autoimmunity of type 1, but they don't work by themselves in people with established type 1 diabetes because there are no islets left to protect. So we hope that with this islet regeneration therapy, we'll be able to return uh, close to normal islet mass and then maintain control of the autoimmunity so that there's a very durable response. You mentioned type 2 diabetes, so tell us about how this might be useful in type 2 as well. In type 2 diabetes, you have inadequate insulin secretion, and so even though there are still some islets left, we believe that type 2 diabetes could be, in effect, reversed to a large extent by restoring much of the islet mass that is destroyed. And so type 2 also is a a very important target for NGAP therapeutic development. We're aiming at type 1 first because that's where the huge unmet clinical need is. There's really no approved therapy for islet regeneration. And type 2 diabetes has a number of fairly good therapies. Still lots of room for improvement and Our goal is to ultimately help to cure both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We've been talking with Dr. Alexander Fleming about the regeneration of islet cells in patients with established type 1 diabetes. Dr. Fleming, thank you for being our guest. Thanks so much, Bruce. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom. You've been listening to Focus on Diabetes on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Diabetes. For a program guide and complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com.